Hey listeners, I recently launched an ad-free Serial Napper feed so that you can enjoy the podcast without interruptions. Elevate your Serial Napper listening experience by joining my Patreon community and get yourself an ad-free feed on Spotify. For just $2 a month, you can become a member today and unlock ad-free episodes while still supporting the podcast. It's super easy. Just visit Serial Napper on your Spotify app and click the button at the top that says exclusive episodes for subscribers. Don't use Spotify for your listening? No problem. Just visit patreon.com slash Serial Napper to get your episodes ad-free and enjoy uninterrupted storytelling while you get your naps in. Hey everyone, my name is Nikki Young and this is Serial Napper, an international true crime podcast. I'm back with another true crime story to lull you to sleep or perhaps to give you nightmares. And tonight's story is truly a mother's worst nightmare. When 21-year-old Lauren Ag told her mother that she had plans with a childhood friend to go to a three-day event called Wakefest, she immediately had a bad feeling about it. Call it mother's intuition but she was incredibly anxious about her beautiful and very trusting daughter going to this alcohol-fueled festival. And unfortunately, that gut feeling was right, because just a few days after Lauren left for Wakefest, she would get that dreaded phone call that her daughter had been found dead. She had presumably drowned after being found face down in the lake near her campsite. Her death was ruled an accident, But her mother has always believed it to be something more sinister. That someone, maybe even the friend that she went to this festival with, knew more than what they were saying. Lauren died in 2015. However, her friends and family continue to push to have her death re-examined because they believe this to be a case of foul play, not an accident. So let's jump right in. Lauren Agee embodied everything that you would think of when you envision the It Girl. She had the perfect combination of beauty and brains, and she was known by all of her friends to be the life of the party. Her sister would describe her as a spirited, silly girl. Lauren was an incredible dancer. She danced pretty much her whole life, and she even had the opportunity to make appearances in music videos. But the music videos didn't compare to the hours upon hours of family home video footage of Lauren dancing in the living room, the car, or literally wherever she had the chance. In 2015, Lauren's life was heading in a very positive direction. She was living at home with her parents in Nashville, Tennessee, and she was in her second year of a criminal science degree at a local college. She also had a boyfriend who she told a few of her closest friends that he might be the one. It was now summer break and Lauren made plans with her longtime friend Hannah to attend a three-day weekend festival called Wakefest, which was located in Smithsville, a few hours just outside of the city. Wakefest really was the place to be that weekend. 
people from all over would come to the quiet cottage country for a weekend of partying. During the daytime, there would be professional wakeboarders showing off all of their skills. And at night, lots of alcohol-fueled partying by people who were barely old enough to legally drink. When Lauren told her mother of her plans, obviously she had some concerns for her 21-year-old daughter. Lauren assured her that everything would be fine. She was going to be going with Hannah, a longtime friend, and she knew a whole bunch of other people who would be going. Lauren's mother wasn't particularly fond of her friend Hannah. The girls had been friends since childhood, but Lauren's mom felt like she had only called to hang out with Lauren whenever she didn't have a boyfriend. It was more of a friendship out of convenience, and this really worried her. She asked Lauren where they planned to stay while they were at the festival, and Lauren told her that they would be renting a cabin. This would turn out not to be true, but more on that later. Lauren was an adult, and she was an extrovert who loved meeting new people and spending time outdoors, so there was no way that anyone was going to be able to stop her from going. Even though she had a horrible gut feeling, there wasn't anything that she could do, So her mother gave her twice as many hugs and said goodbye to Lauren one last time. Lauren and Hannah would document their entire trip through social media, taking lots of pictures and videos, even during the two-hour car ride to Smithsville. It's kind of interesting that she did that, because little did she know, she was documenting the final days and events leading up to her death. The two young ladies arrived at Wakefest on Friday, July 24th. As it would turn out, they were not going to be staying in a cabin, but rather at a campsite on top of a cliff, only accessible by canoe. Lauren would record her and her friends canoeing in the dark over to the cliff where they would be staying for the weekend, and it was quite the trek. It was pitch black and super quiet over the water as they canoed out to the campsite. Lauren could be heard in that video saying, We're going into a death trap. And she had no idea how right she would be. Once you get to this cliff, you then need to climb up the 90-foot side by holding onto a thin white rope. At the top, there was a makeshift campsite with a single tent and a hammock. There was also an area that they designated as the bathroom where you would basically have to hold on to a tree branch as you leaned away from the cliff. There were only two ways back down, either by jumping off the side or by slowly climbing back down and holding the white rope. It would have been a fairly dangerous trek to the site and even at the campsite, particularly when you factor in that everyone was heavily drinking. This remote cliffside campsite wasn't the only surprise that Lauren was given. She was also going to be the wingman for her friend Hannah, who had invited her boyfriend Aaron Lilly and his friend Christopher Stout. Neither Lauren or Hannah were familiar with Aaron's friend Chris. It was their very first time meeting him, and now they would be sharing a campsite. Hannah and her boyfriend would get to sleep in the tent together, while Lauren would share the hammock with Chris. While she wasn't the biggest fan of having to sleep in a hammock with this guy that she didn't know, 
she didn't actually mind the hammock itself. The way that they had it set up would have given them an incredible view of Center Hill Lake. However, it was also dangerously close to the side of the cliff and a 90 feet drop. We're talking about a group of young adults who are caught up in the moment, enjoying a weekend of partying, and they probably feel like they're invincible. Still, this was a very dangerous place for them to stay. An accident waiting to happen. The following day after they arrived was Saturday, July 25th. The group of friends enjoyed a day of drinking, watching pro wakeboarders, and cliff diving. Again, not a great decision because the area of water around the cliff where they were jumping from had a ton of dangerous hidden rocks. According to her friends, One of her jumps off the cliff did not go well, and she had hit the back of her head on a rock. It was possible that she had even blacked out for a few seconds. She may have even had a concussion, but they didn't seek any medical treatment. Lauren didn't want the fun to stop on her account, so she just kind of brushed it off and they continued partying. That evening, the group of friends wound up at the only local bar located in the marina. Lauren was there with her friend Hannah, Hannah's boyfriend Aaron, and Aaron's friend Chris. There were a few other people at the bar that Lauren was acquainted with, including her friend Cassie Franks. Cassie had attended the same school as both Lauren and Hannah, and she had dated Aaron in the past. Cassie had a chance to chat with Lauren a bit that night and noted that she seemed to be having fun. She was in a great mood but she really didn't want to stay at the campsite that night. She wasn't looking forward to having to share a hammock with Aaron's friend, Chris. She had only just met him. She wasn't interested in him at all romantically, and she had a boyfriend, so she just didn't feel right about it. Lauren even asked Cassie if she could spend the night where she was staying, but unfortunately there wasn't any room for Lauren there, so she would have to go back to the campsite. When the bar was closing, the group of four made the canoe trip back to the cliff where they used that flimsy white rope to climb to the top. They settled into their sleeping arrangements just after 2 a.m., with Hannah and Aaron taking the only tent and Lauren and Chris taking the hammock, which was tied between two trees leaving it dangling near the edge of the cliff. The following morning was Sunday, July 26th, the final day of Wakefest. Allegedly, Hannah woke up first and she walked over to the hammock, only to find Chris sleeping in it by himself. She woke him up to ask him where Lauren was, and he said that he didn't know. She had likely gotten up in the middle of the night and she hadn't come back. All of Lauren's belongings, including her flip-flops, her cell phone, and her wallet were left underneath the hammock. Wherever she had gone, she left behind everything that she owned. It didn't make sense, especially for Lauren to leave behind her flip-flops because the terrain where they were staying, it was really rocky, so it would have ripped up the bottoms of her feet. Even though the circumstances of Lauren seemingly disappearing throughout the night were nothing short of bizarre, Hannah, Aaron, and Chris decided to head to the final day of Wakefest without her. 
They would later say that they figured she had gone to the festival early on in the morning without them. If true, well, that is a serious lapse of judgment. Later that afternoon, two fishermen in a boat on the lake would spot something strange, something very bright floating in the water. Bright neon pink shorts. It was the body of a young woman floating face down in the lake. As the body was being recovered, a young man began paddling over in a canoe, saying that his friend was missing and he was trying to find her. The young man was Aaron, Hannah's boyfriend. At that point, there hadn't been a public announcement about finding this body, but it was Lauren Agee. After authorities identified her body and called her mother to tell her the horrible news, she immediately asked where the people Lauren was with were. Something did not feel right. An autopsy would be conducted, and it was determined that Lauren's cause of death was blunt force trauma and a possible drowning. A toxicology report would show that at the time of her death, her blood alcohol level was twice the legal limit. The theory was that Lauren was drunk and likely fell off the cliff, hitting her head on the way down and ultimately drowning. As such, her death was ruled an accident. It should be noted that there was no water found in her lungs, which is unusual but doesn't necessarily mean that she wasn't in the water when she died. In some cases, the water can actually be absorbed by the bloodstream, and it doesn't mean that a drowning did not occur. The investigation is basically closed at this point without the body being swabbed for potential DNA or without a rape kit being done. The consensus among authorities is that Lauren's death was a tragic accident. However, there was a police officer named Chris Yurchuk who was off duty at the time, but just so happened to meet Lauren before her death and he completely disagreed with the way that the case was handled. So much so that he called Lauren's mother to tell her that he did not believe it was an accident. The night before Lauren was found floating in the lake, Yarchuk had a brief conversation with Lauren and her group of friends at that local bar. On that evening, he described Lauren's demeanor as energetic and lively, she was in a great mood, and she was having a great time at Wakefest. Yarchuk saw the group leave the bar at around 2am and walk towards the deck to get in their canoe and then head back to their campsite. The following day, Lauren was found in the lake, and though he wasn't involved in the investigation, Yarchuk had an opportunity to see her body. He took note of a very strange triangle shape that was imprinted on her upper stomach area. The imprint resembled the same shape as the triangular tip of a canoe, as if someone had laid her body face down on top of a canoe. But of course, this is just speculation because unfortunately, this piece of evidence was never actually investigated. Ryan Melanson, a police officer who also met Lauren's group, Hannah, Aaron, and Chris, after her body was found, noted that the two young men showed no sympathy for Lauren and that their body language was totally off. At one point during a police interview, Chris Stout, who had shared the hammock with Lauren, joked about grabbing the officer's gun and then going on the run. 
It was a really unusual police interview, considering that the young lady they had just spent the last couple of days with had tragically died. This officer would also contact Lauren's mother, Sherry, to tell her that he believed the investigation into her daughter's death had been mishandled, and that the three people that she was with the night before she died, they were acting suspiciously. I love to travel. From the bustling city of Tokyo to the beaches of Thailand, there's nothing I enjoy more than getting the chance to see the world and experience different cultures firsthand. But the language barrier, it can be an issue. Sure, you can use an app on your phone, but things often get lost in translation. I truly believe that learning at least some of the language of the land that you're visiting is the first step to ensuring a smooth and meaningful experience. That's why I'm excited about Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language that you want to learn. Rosetta Stone has been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Japanese, Spanish, German, Korean, Italian, and more. Learning a new language can be tough especially with all of the different nuances. But Rosetta Stone is designed to help you speak like a local, so you'll feel confident in what you're saying. I don't know how many times I've been traveling to a new country and struggled to get my point across just because I wasn't properly pronouncing something that I thought I knew, which is why I love Rosetta Stone's built-in true accent feature, which helps you master your accent. They also have convenient desktop and app options so you can learn on the go. Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership includes all 25 languages. So once you're finished learning one language, you can start on another. Whether you're an avid traveler like me or just want to impress your friends with a new skill, it's a steal of a deal at 50% off. That's right. 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. According to Lauren's group, Hannah, Aaron, and Chris, the night prior, they had all gone out to the bar and they were all fairly intoxicated when they arrived back at their campsite, making the journey up the side of the 90-foot cliff a difficult one, but they made it. Hannah and her boyfriend Aaron went to sleep in the tent, and Chris and Lauren, they shared the hammock by the side of the cliff. By the morning, Lauren was gone, and Chris maintained that he didn't feel her get out of the hammock, so he had no idea when she left. Initially, the group was a bit concerned because she had left behind all of her belongings, so they waited for her at the dock before taking off to the final day of Wakefest. According to the group, she had mentioned possibly meeting up with someone, so they figured that she had just gone off on her own and done so. So they decided to enjoy the third and final day of Wakefest without Lauren. 
Lauren's mother, Sherry, she wasn't buying this story. There were several things that made her suspicious about this supposed group of friends that Lauren was with. But in particular, she was bothered by an Instagram post that she found on Chris Stout's profile. It was a photo of himself with his buddy Aaron smiling on a boat at Wakefest with a caption written below it that read, quote, Best weekend ever. This photo was posted only a day after Lauren's body was discovered. And of course, this photo would have absolutely bothered me too. Obviously, he's an insensitive prick for posting that. But does that mean that he had something to do with Lauren's death? I have no idea. There were other really odd circumstances. Even after Lauren's body had been found in the lake, the three people that she had gone to this festival with decided that they wanted to stay and party until it was over. And none of them came to Lauren's funeral. Again, horrible behavior to act so unbothered after your friend has been found deceased. But it doesn't mean that they had anything to do with her death, necessarily. Sherry wasn't happy with the results of the police investigation, so she decided to hire her own personal investigator. She hired Sheila Wisaki. Sheila was a former stay-at-home mom who decided to become a private detective after her friend was murdered and she felt like that investigation was botched. After reviewing the autopsy report and the photos of Lauren's body, Sheila confirmed to Sherry that she didn't believe this to be an accidental death either. She would allege that some of the photos of Lauren's body revealed a bite mark on her breast and even signs of strangulation. When combined with the fact that Lauren didn't have any water in her lungs, Sheila believed that Lauren had been killed, possibly strangled to death, and then placed in the water after she had died in order to make it look like an accident. There was a lot of frustration over how the investigation into Lauren's death was handled. Allegedly, the officer who was in charge of the investigation only documented a paragraph of notes, and he was far too inexperienced to be handling such a serious case. He had definitely never handled a homicide case before. The fact that there was no attempt to collect DNA evidence from her body or to have a rape kit done just in case means that there is a lot of information that we just don't have. There were also 911 calls made that day that are now missing and just can't be recovered. Lauren's mom, Sherry, also said that when she asked to have Lauren's belongings back, like her flip-flops and her cell phone, the county sheriff's office just didn't have them anymore. They didn't know where they were. There have been unofficial experiments conducted with a mannequin, a mannequin about the same size as Lauren that weighs around the same amount as Lauren. This mannequin has been thrown off the side of the very same cliff where the hammock was located. One in particular conducted by police officer Ryan Melanson alongside 2020 could not produce the same events that allegedly happened to Lauren. Each time during this test that the mannequin was dropped off the side of the cliff, it would become entangled in the thick brush below. It never reached the bottom of the cliff or landed in the water. 
and they tried time after time after time, and they just couldn't reproduce this situation. Again, this was an unofficial, unscientific experiment, and it has not been tested by authorities leading the investigation. Unfortunately, the police have not been willing to reopen Lauren's case due to a lack of evidence. They've basically said that they need a confession at this point if they're going to look at it again. So at the end of 2006, a little over a year after Lauren died, her mother filed a $10 million wrongful death lawsuit against the three individuals that she attended Wakefest with, Hannah Palmer, Aaron Lilly, and Chris Stout. The suit alleged that the three individuals either intentionally, recklessly, or negligibly caused Lauren's death. All three invoked their Fifth Amendment right, so they didn't need to give any answers to the questions that they were asked. One of the witnesses who was called during this suit was Aaron Lilly's ex-girlfriend, Cassie Franks, the one that Lauren had chatted with at the bar, and she reported being physically abused by Aaron when they were in a relationship. She had photos of physical violence that he had inflicted on her to back it up, including pictures of bruises and even bite marks. During the weekend of the festival, Cassie said that she and Aaron got into a verbal altercation, and he had even lunged at her. Her testimony would be used to show Aaron's character and a history of violence. There was also a hydrologist called to the stand, which is someone who studies the movement of water. This expert witness testified that if Lauren did indeed fall into the water, it would have been impossible for her body to float where it had been found, because it would have had to float against the current that day. Ultimately, the case was thrown out due to a lack of evidence, but really, it's a lack of evidence collection. And I mean, I get why it would be thrown out. You can't make three individuals responsible for a murder when there isn't a shred of evidence to tie them to it, even in a civil case. But the problem really is that there wasn't any attempt to collect any possible evidence at all. Lauren's friend, Hannah, who she shared the campsite with, would give a statement to ABC News once the case was dismissed. The statement said, quote, The profound sadness I experience when learning the death of my best friend, Lauren Agee, has only been approached by the painful allegations I somehow contributed to her demise. I would like to thank all those who have stood by and believed in me during this time as I have placed my faith in God and the judicial system for a just resolution. The court's decision in my favor on March 24th allows me once again to look to my future. A day will not go by, however, when I do not think about her and the terrible tragedy that occurred. I would like to express my deepest sympathies to Lauren's family for their loss and hope that they ultimately find the peace and closure they deserve. I will never stop praying for my beautiful friend, Lauren, her family, and all who mourn her loss as I do. This would not be the end of Sherry's legal battle. She wanted justice and answers for her daughter, and in her heart she felt like the group that she had gone to the festival with, they were the key to finding that. In 2019, an appeals court would overrule the previous decision. Her legal battle continues while she tries to gather enough evidence to prove her case. 
That is how I am still loving her, is I am trying to find out what happened to her. And I owe her that. I mean, she was my life. She was my best friend. She was, um, at the time that she died, she was completely and totally a straight-A student in school. She had goals. She had a boyfriend. It was, it was the happiest time of her life. And then she was dead the next day. So now I turn it over to you. The question isn't who killed Lauren. The question is, do you think that the investigation into Lauren's death should be reopened? Do you think that there's enough cause to believe that someone took Lauren's life? Or do you think that this was a tragic accident waiting to happen at that cliffside campsite? Let me know what you think. That's it for me tonight. If you want to reach out, you can find me on Facebook at Serial Napper. You can also search for me on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. I also post things on TikTok at Serial Napper Nick or I'm on YouTube, Nikki Young, Serial Napper, and that's all one word. If you're watching on YouTube, I'd love if you can give me a thumbs up and subscribe. And if you're not watching on YouTube, I post all of my podcast episodes in video format over on my YouTube channel. Until next time, sweet dreams, stay kind, especially in the comments. Bye. Thank you.